This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into Sansa 6 of A Clash of Kings. And in our Raven, we will be talking about John Skywalker, Stark Targaryen. What? <laughs> okay. You know, hey man, just doing it. Just doing a big today, yes, right? Make, yeah. Merging and, you know, just sliding things over, you know, different fandoms, right? Yeah. I mean, actually, hold on. It's a quick plug for that. This is an interesting comment. I don't know. I have to, I want, when we get to that raisin, I want you to do some digging up on some stuff that, you know, maybe a So Spake Martin or something George R. R. Martin said. So we'll check that out. We got a comment on our YouTube channel that prompted me to say, let's discuss this a, a bit further. Uh, so that'll be at the end of the show. We'll have that Raven. But yeah, man, it's I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to get into this chapter, a short chapter today, uh, a Sansa chapter, but uh, nonetheless, an important one as we're there at this, uh, you know, back at King's Landing, Battle of the Blackwater, all that good stuff. But how you doing, man? You been all right? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. doing good. Uh, just hanging out out here. Um not really. I don't know. As I feel like there's there's really never a lot going on because it's mostly I'm just sitting around just sort of making content. I don't know. I could, I, I got a new Game of Thrones shirt I'm busting out today. This was a birthday gift, so it's Let's pretty go. cool. It's all the little, it's all the little game, different Game of Thrones uh, Funko Pops. Yeah. Which of which I'm you know have have my collection have my collection oh. growing uh, more and more and more back there. So for those of you who are patrons, you can watch the. Uh, you know the the video version and then we also do video sort of scenes on um on the podcast on on youtube as well uh as yeah. we did one a uh, little bit ago we talked about uh some casting news for house of the dragon yeah. it seems yep. like we're gonna be getting some flashbacks there with queen rhaenyra and alice at hightower so that's gonna that's gonna be cool but uh no other news as of yet uh let me rephrase that as Whoa. big big deal yeah. Okay, minute media podcasts. I know, man. This is cool. So, hey, uh, friends, you're gonna hear some uh, s- some new things here on on Bend the Knee. We are now part of the Minute Media, the fan sided sort of like podcasting network, and you're gonna hear some advertisements. We got a, we got a fun one for you today, 
And uh, this will be on all of our Matinez, you know, products, uh, our, our podcasting projects. And for us, it's great. It's an opportunity to where it takes it takes a bit to kind of, you know, run the podcast a lot of time. We spend a lot of our weekend doing it, editing it, posting it. And so this was really cool to get this opportunity to partner with them, uh, to meet other podcasters and to just be involved in this network. So uh, shout out to Patrick. Uh, Patrick Allen from Fansided, uh, who kind of reached out to us and wanted to know if we want to be a part of the network. And I uh, first met him through an unexpected podcast with my good buddy Lane. And I'm just I'm thrilled to have kind of this partnership and and you know uh, just have at it. They're they're a good group of people and they love content creation and creating communities and places for fans where it's about you know fans of a series, a sports team, whatever fandoms. And I feel like it's a really cool um fit and i enjoy a lot of their their podcasts and their projects and we'll get you more details on that uh, as we continue with them in these in these endeavors and we have our first kind of like live well we've had a couple of these just that you and i pick up on the side but through the network this is our first big kind of you know ad live read with a, a product that i enjoy and i actually think is really cool and i love the branding on this and so matt's going to introduce us to it and then we'll we'll kind of go from there yeah, as I mean, I think I think it, it can go without saying that the product we're about to discuss to sort of sort of give our Game of Thrones, you know, Song of Ice and Fire audience a little bit of a little bit of idea as to, uh, you know, what we're about to talk about here is I can think of a few Game of Thrones characters that uh, don't even need this product. But you know what? Still might get some use of it. And I think <laughs> we'll just go ahead and start and say Theon Greyjoy probably doesn't need it. OK, uh, yeah, yeah for but, a lot oh, of reasons. Geez. OK. Oh God! I don't know, man. Hold on. It's just like actually, maybe he does need it more than others. <laughs> like maybe he does need. That's terrible. But he, this product, we'll see. You, you introduce the product, and we'll you you we'll let the audience determine whether or not the young Greyjoy needs this. We'll let. Hey, hey, man. All right, all right. We'll let the audience uh, join this here. As so, okay. As it's the summer, you know, you have the Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts. That's all in this summer. But I can tell you what is not as, and that is a wild and hairy bush. As you got to tame your pubes with the help from our friends at Manscaped. They are the leaders uh, in below the waist grooming. Their 14th generation performance package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat yours like Olympic gold, fellas? You gotta do the right thing for your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going with the code FANSIDED20. Matt, I'm telling you right now, I actually love all of their branding and all of their stuff. I, I think it's fantastic. Manside is, is super cool. You know, one of the things, uh, their slogan at one point is when the, when you trim the hedges, the tree stands that much taller, okay? Uh, they're all about proper grooming. It requires precision engineered tools not only does uh, a man's sensitive areas require it but hygiene demands it so i've always just kind of thought that they uh, the way they present this is like we need this this is not something it's not it's not up for right. debate and discussion you, you need this and there are uh i feel like there's so many game of thrones references as we hedge knights make. ourselves you know <laughs> that you got to trim the hedges you got to trim the hedge you got to i mean if you like you can't pledge your sword if you can't see your sword, right? I mean, it's just, there you I, go. Absolutely, like, abso yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, I was, okay. 
We've actually got to reserve some of the Game of Thrones references for later uh, uh, runs of this because you could go for days with characters and and individuals. And, you know, one of the things like it is a tool where in which I mean, a couple other other talking points that I think are, are kind of neat. Like it is. So first of all, their big package here is the performance package 4.0 Manscaped. It's here. Uh, it's got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, bro. Like the weed right. whacker, which is your ear and nose hair trimmer. Some of those maesters from the Citadel. Hey, man. Go look at the show. They I'll, it's the it's the shears that guard the realms of men. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I tell you, you, you could go on for days. I'll make a Hodor reference later, but I mean, somebody, you know. Yeah, anyways, um, it's 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 epic. So you have all these cool uh, things in this package, and it is pretty neat, right? So it's the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the trimmer, the weed whacker, uh, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, uh, all these different things. It also has two free gifts that come along with it as well, which is boxer briefs and the shed travel bag which i think is actually sick it all kind of fits right lawnmower weed whacker shed travel bag i I just think it's fantastic waterproof my friend and um it has these what was what were the light specs on this it has that it's got like it has a four hundred thousand led spotlight like what the heck i the night is dark and full of tears but not when you got this not anymore not, Not anymore, anymore. man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We know that the Lawnmower 4.0 works for uh, uh, Rolor, is a servant of Rolor. With that kind of light specs uh, going on there, I feel like, you know, definitely works. I mean, it says Rolor. right here that if the power grid goes out in Texas, you can use it to light the way. Right? Holy I sp- mean, that's. <laughs> that, that I didn't that. write that. They, they, that's what it says. They wrote it. I, yeah, that's sick. Oh, my God. So, friends, hey, the call to action is, you know, go get 20% off. Free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. And uh, it's a great product, whether you're looking to use it for yourself or you want to just kind of buy it for a friend, you know, uh, again, get 20% off. Why Why not? It's actually really uh, a good product and, and a lot of people uh, get it, need it, use it. You can use it all over your body. Some of us are hairier and we need to use this kind of product and it's great, you know, so yeah. Right. We got a Game of Thrones cameo we got to talk about. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Big okay. deal. Have you, uh, you know, it's time oh. to slam. <laughs> and welcome to the jam. Oh, my okay? God. Oh, my God. Everybody, you know, it's time to jam now. Space jam. Wow. Wow. There's some deep-seated cameo stuff going on in that movie. It's almost like a Warner Brothers, right? It's like a Warner Brothers like advertisement, which is great for somebody who owns a lot of stock in AT and T, the parent company of Warner Brothers. Yeah, I. So, I, by, by the way, if I if I'm stuttering a lot during this episode, it's because of that cameo. I, uh, I you know, it was a pretty, a pretty, a pretty, a pretty good, uh, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all pretty good. I said winter is coming. I see, you know, oh, Leghorn, Leghorn, man. Ah, oh. as Daenerys Targaryen, that was great. Yeah, that was good. That was really cool. Sorry, you know, like it's like early on. It's it's great. We like I, it. yeah, we spoiled it. Sorry, whatever. Uh, it, but people are gonna be right. Remember, we got uh, yeah, we used to get like all sorts of hate mail about anything that we spoiled in any of the season eight stuff or whatever. Now people are like Space Jam. Seriously, guys, you spoiling it? Um. 
but no, I, 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 that was great. I only watched the first half. So I've actually even seen the second half yet. Yeah. I watched it last night. I'm going to watch the rest of it tonight when, uh, before I go to bed. So, yeah, it's cool stuff. That is news. That is news right there. Is there? Is I guess I, I guess I should have changed the. Is there a connection? Now, now hold on a second. Let's let's just just for a second here. Let's talk about that connection. So look at what he represents. Okay, a rooster, right? Right. First thing right. I thought about was John Connington, and then he's dressed up as Daenerys. Right. He's dressed up as Daenerys. Right. Yeah. So in the movie, so in the movie, I'll give I'll provide just a little bit of context. Yeah. It's really when the movie starts getting good. Because the first little like 20 minutes, I was like, oh, I don't know, man. This could be bad. But I watched the original Space Jam, which is great, you know. But even there's parts of that where I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. It's what it is. Um, so anywho, so yeah, so the king, LeBron James, uh, gets sucked into the server verse and he has to travel around to all the different basically warner brothers properties uh to try and recruit teammates to join him in the space jam right um and they're going around and they're finding all the looney tunes who have been like separated and they're all on all these other different sort of intellectual properties so like they go to the the dc universe um and then they go to like casablanca they go to the matrix they go to stuff but then one of the ones they, they go to harry potter world and one of the ones they fly by is the game of thrones universe and then you have foghorn leghorn dressed up as Daenerys targaryen flying on drogon and he says when you know i say i say winter is coming and that's sort of it but then when you get to the end not to spoil anything when they have the big match you can see this if you watch any of the trailers it's like all the warner brothers characters are like there watching the match you got like King Kong and the Iron Giant and Superman. And like the White Walkers are hanging out with the bad guy. You can see the Night King. He's just standing there. What? He's standing next to he's standing next to Pennywise, the clown from it. Like what? they're like and like the penguin. Like the penguin, like Danny DeVito's penguin. They're all just like hanging out. Holy smokes. White that... Walkers, the Night King's a bad dude. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Well, I'm gonna have to watch that now. And see, we're looking for the clues, right? We're looking for the 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 connections uh that were right. made in something was revealed in space jam we're not quite sure let me give you an example okay real quick so going um with this rooster connection you know first i thought uh you know griff whatever because they talk about griffin's roost but really you look at house swift of cornfield it's a knightly house from cornfield in the westerlands and their sigil is literally a blue rooster on a yellow field and so I'm just wondering, right. how does House Swift, literally, it's House Swift. Tie into Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, exactly. What's what's the connection with Daenerys? You know what I mean? Is House Swift somehow connected to Danny and her riding her dragons over here? It's not a connection I've made before. Actually, hold on. Wait one second. I just saw something here. Oh, my God, dude. Sir, Sir Addison Hill, the bastard of Cornfield, was a legendary brother of the Kingsguard during the reign of Aegon I Targaryen. Uh, he eventually rose to the position of Lord Commander. During the Dance of Dragons, House Swift was apparently a full-fledged noble house. Lord Swift fought for the Greens and died in the battle by the lakeshore. Uh, Sir Harold Swift participated in the tourney at Ashford Meadow. A lot of, a lot of ties to, to House Targaryen here and a lot of connections that I think, you know, Space Jam is, is giving us clues. 
Yeah. Right. And let me say this because I think I think I think I think George R. R. Martin, who just signed an exclusive deal with Warner Brothers, for probably probably fifty million dollars. I think he might have had a lot of say in this movie. Okay. I think he did for too. those ten seconds, and he said, "Look, yeah. this is what we got to do." Yeah. Which now we char- might be grasping at straws. No, no, no. But Matt, I don't know. It could have right? been Daffy Duck. They it's all had... connected. <laughs> it could have been any they character, right? I, it, it, I mean, that is. Right. Why? Look, let me uh, let's just do a deep dive here. Why? Because we're ten years out, and Winds of Winter still isn't here. So this is literally all we have to go off of. Okay. Right. Right. That's it. All right. So did you know Foghorn Leghorn's sort of enemy or rival is Bernard Dog? Okay. It's a dog <laughs> that sort of chases him around. Oh, the hound. Now, are we saying that the hound is going to be involved, or maybe the mountain is going to be involved? With maybe Daenerys and or Young Griff, based upon the five seconds of Space Jam footage that we saw, I think it's connected. I think it's connected too. I think I, I think it is. I because you could have chose any character, uh, but you've got Foghorn Leghorn any playing character. Daenerys, and you you chose him. Why they went to George and they said, which of the Looney Tunes characters would you say pursued, um, you know, to spend some quality time in Westeros? And we're going to make this character ride a dragon and dress up as Daenerys. And he said Foghorn Leghorn because, you know, why right. not? Why? He didn't say he didn't say the granny. Right. The granny gets to ple- the right. granny gets to be old man. The, yeah. Gets to be Neo. She's right. right. She's Neo. Right. In 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 the mate in the Matrix. That's what she, that's where she's at. And then you picking up other people, you know, so that or, um Yosemite Sam, he's in like Casablanca playing the <laughs> yeah. piano. So why, yeah, why Foghorn Leghorn? Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a it's I'm a big just deal. saying. I I think there's I think why is a rooster riding a dragon? How does that make sense? And then let's take a step. Let's take a step further. Yeah, why is a rooster riding a dragon? And then you've got uh, his little sidekick is is Henry Hawk. So you've got a he's got a sidekick. Yeah. So who is that, is that showing? Like, mm-hmm. are we looking for? Like uh, uh, the Hawk Sigil in Westeros, possibly pairing with either House Swift or Daenerys, are these lords that will answer the call when she comes back? I think it's all connected, man. Mm-hmm. I really do. So yeah. I know I'm trying. I'm looking at episodes. I'm looking at cartoons of which you know he's he's been in uh, to you know to see here to see if there's anything else I can get. You know he's he's in uh, he's in it's the eggs. Is what they're talking about here. It's the eggs. Yeah. yeah. He protects the eggs, you know? It's wild. The egg sided rooster is the name of one of the episodes. E and the egg is capitalized. I think George, yeah. who's a fan of old television, like the old, you know, Twilight Zone, which he, you know, he's written yeah. for stuff for Twilight Zone before. You know, he they, these are the cartoons he would have watched growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's connected. It is connected, man. Wow. Absolutely. Okay, yes. Let's, uh, man, you know, uh, let's dive into the reread here, which is pretty sort of short this week, guys. I'm not going not gonna to lie. I mean, I'm going to read the entire summary in about one minute here. So, and actually mm-hmm. probably 30, 30 seconds here. So uh, this week we are into Sansa 6. 
Um, Cersei continues to receive word on the progress of the battle from one of the Kettleblacks. Slightly drunk, the queen tells Sansa that there would be no hope of her charming Stannis Baratheon should the city fall, and explains that women have another weapon besides tears. The queen commands her son, she, uh, her son be brought back to Megor's holdfast, as the battle seems to be going in Stannis' favor. As Sansa begins to cry, Cersei finally reveals that Sir Illyn is there for them, for she will not permit Stannis to take them alive. Wow. So again, this is sort of a continuation of our last two chapters, Um, you know, because sometimes it's like eh, everything's happening and you're moving all around. But this is pretty cool that you're getting all of these different perspectives. So we first had Davos's perspective and we thought, all right, Tyrion's won this. This is over. Then we shift to Tyrion's perspective. And OK, well, uh, you know, um, things aren't as good as we maybe thought that were a chapter ago. And now. You know, we know that, hey, Tyrion's going to go lead this charge, and now we're hearing, it seems like Sir Ellen's about to kill everybody because Stannis is about to take over. <laughs> Things just right. get darker and darker and darker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you, you still get um, kind of these, you know, we know that, I guess when you're first reading this, it looks dire. We're not really sure who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. Um we we do kind of learn a little bit more about the people around Cersei, who she's talking with. Uh, Mandon Moore brought up the hounds missing. Osney Kettleblack is interjecting, talking about fighting on both sides of the river and and things like that. So it is, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's interesting. This is it sucks. I mean, Sansa is like breaks out in actual tears later on about this because you know it's it does not seem like they're gonna make it. Um, so yeah, I mean, just wild. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here, so all right, let me. Oh, we're gonna read. Just I'll read a little bit more of this today than we normally do, just because of how short this chapter is. It's really only like three or four pages. Um, the torches shimmered brightly against the hammered metal of the wall scone, uh, wall sconces, filling the queen's ballroom with silvery light. Yet there was still darkness in that hall. Sansa could see it in the pale eyes of Sir Illyn Payne, who stood by the back door still as stone, taking neither food nor wine. She could hear it in Lord Giles's rattling cough and the whispering voice of Ansni Kettleblack when he si uh, slipped in to bring Cersei the tidings. Um, so here come the Kettleblacks, and they're going to come in and bring Cersei some news. Now, here we go. So we know that a lot's going on, right? Um, and, she, and this is... Cersei's going to be getting sort of the of the news as, as to what's going on here. The fleets are locked in battle. Some archers have gotten ashore, but the hound cut them to pieces. Your brother's raising his chain, um, and some drunkards down in flea botting have begun smashing doors and windows. And the first thing she asked for is, and my son. The king went to Baylor's to get the High Septon's blessing. Now he's walking the walls with a hand, telling the men to be brave, lifting their spirits, as it were. Cersei beckoned for her page for another cup of wine, the golden vintage from the arbor, fruity and rich. Now, for anybody that's traveling along with the, um, there is a big theory about wine, specifically arbor gold, right? And how anytime that it's sort of mentioned uh, that there's typically a lie going on there. And a lot of this is, you know, Joffrey walking a lot of <laughs> walls to tell him to be brave, right? Like that's, right. that's really not what he's doing. Um. So the queen was drinking heavily, but the wine only seemed to make her more beautiful. Beautiful. Um, her cheeks were flushed and her eyes had a bright feverish heat to them as she looked down over the hall. Eyes of wildfire, Sansa thought. 
Yeah. So that's an interesting line. Because remember, where the Sept of Baylor blowing up has not happened. Like it, it did in the show, but has not happened in the books. But I think it's still a possibility, as uh, to happen to happen in the books as a way to maybe dispose a lot of people. Um, right. We do know that uh, Cersei was having wildfire created for her um, and, and stuff like that. But ultimately, that could still happen. And then this could be one of those lines you could point to later and say, see, this is where it all came from. Yeah, and uh, we were talking to Lady Adrian actually about like who would be at the Sept of Baylor. This is one of our, our Bannerman hangouts, which I highly encourage everyone to attend over on Patreon. You can get links for those and, and pop in there. We talk about a lot of different theories and things. Maybe we'll follow up with some of this in extended edition, maybe not in today's show. But she had some really good thoughts on like who would be in the Sept of Baylor and what would happen to maybe Marjorie Tyrell and her death. So still the Sept of Baylor is, is a player. It's, I mean, uh, so something's going to happen. Maybe not everyone is who we see in the show that's that's in there is going to be in there. But this whole hinting of of wildfire and this uh, obsession with it, I sometimes think of like Cersei possibly becoming almost like the Mad Queen in some regard because she's haunted by the prophecies, by things happening with her brother. Jamie's leaving. She's in thick with the Kettle Blacks, and we know she has her walk of shame and all these different things happen. And wildfire seems to fit with her nature, the green eyes and sort of that 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 flicker that she's often likened unto wildfire and green dresses. And she was actually the one who instigated the whole uh, thing with the with the with the pyromancers and getting them to make more. And it was Tyrion who kind of took that plan and said, yeah, let's, let's lift a chain up behind them so they can't get away and, and take this a bit further. So it's it's a cool little um kind of thing to to focus in on because that's what George does right he plants all those little little words or symbols or phrases around characters and it helps us sort of later on in a reread or uh, several rereads to say Cersei is connected uh, intensely to wild fire and the show definitely did that and I feel like there is going to be some of that in in the book now you know I'm not saying everybody who is going who we saw in the Sept of Baylor is going to be in there. Cause I think we have other ideas for that, but man, it's, it's a, it's, it's crazy to think about um, her connection to wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. And so moving on here, uh, so I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit there. They begin sort of explaining who's all here. Um, so we know that a few of the kettle blacks are Sir Ellen Payne, just some of the name people um, moon boy, right. Uh, Sir Dantas is here. They're all in sort of in sort of in sort of this room hanging out. Um, they're talking. Uh, they're talking a little bit. Lolly Stokeworth uh, is here. Lancel Lannister, um, and then we get to good talk about here. And they're talking about. Um, they start talking about the woman's weapons, right? So the man's yeah. weapon is a sword, and that can tell you know that can tell you what you need to know. She's saying tears is ours, right? Um, and then Sansa goes on to say, men must be very brave to ride out and face swords and axes with everyone trying to kill you. Jamie told me once that he only feels truly alive in battle and in bed. She lifted her cup and took a long swallow. Uh, her salad was untouched. I would sooner face any number of swords than sit helpless like this, pretending to enjoy the company of this flock of frightened hens. You ask them here, your grace. You ask them here, your grace. Certain things are expected of a queen. They would be expected of you should you ever wed joffrey best learn um and so then she's sort of looking at people and thinking you know 
um, uh, they're talking a little bit about this, talking about what, what what's going to happen if the castle would fall. Cersei asked Sansa if you would like that, wouldn't you? Right? If I'm not betrayed by my own guards, I'll be able to hold here for a minute. Then I can go into the walls and offer it to yield to Lord Stannis in person. That will spare us the worst. But if Megor's Holdfast should fall before Stannis comes up, most of my guests are in for a bit of rape, I'd say. You should never rule out mutilation, torture, and murder at times like the this. Um she talks about, like, these are women and armed guards and gently born. She says their birth protects them, Cersei admitted, though not as much as you'd think. Each one's worth a good ransom, but after the madness of battle, soldiers often seem to want flesh more than coin. Um, so it goes on just a little bit more here. Um, even uh, uh, she says enough drink will make blind uh, washerwomen and reeking pig girls seem as comely as you, sweetling. Me... Try not to sound so like a mouse, Sansa. You're a woman now. Remember, and betrothed my firstborn. The queen sipped at her wine. Were anyone else outside the gates, I might hope uh, to beguile him, but this is Stannis Baratheon. I'd have a better chance of seducing his horse. She noticed the look on Sansa's face and laughed. Have I shocked you, my lady? She leaned close. You little fool. Tears are not a woman's only weapon. You've got another one between your legs, and you best learn to use it. You'll find men use their swords uh, freely enough but uh, both kind of words. Now that's just remember that where she's saying, you know, your other, your other weapon besides tears. Sansa was spared the need to reply when two kettle blacks reentered the hall. Sir Osmond and his brothers had become great favorites about the castle. Uh, they were always ready with a smile and a jest. So there's a smiling kettle black uh, thing there mm -hmm. uh, and got on with the grooms and huntsmen as well as they did the knights and squire. So she's talking about sort of her other woman weapon, which is sort of sleeping, right? You could sleep, sleep with somebody. And we know later that she is sleeping with the kettle blacks and it says mm -hmm. on to talk about how they've become favorites. Now there's really at this point, sort of no sort of like indication that she is with the kettle blacks um, yeah. that comes much later. But it is when you go back and look at it uh, here. Now, the other people that are here um, uh, are people that, you know, you have Lancel Lannister, mm -hmm. who we know she does Confirmed. Yeah. sleep with. And then another person who she's accused of sleeping with, whether it be a joke or true, Moon Boy. I'm just going to throw it out there. You're right. That's what uh, Tyrion says it. But Jamie continues to think that it could be, you know, he thinks about it. Could That's the moon quote boy. he thinks about later on. Yeah. Could be a moon boy. You know, that's so, Mike, so who hasn't Cersei slept with in this room? Well, and you know what's interesting, though, is even if it's not, <laughs> even if she hasn't actually slept with them, what she's hinting at with Sansa, too, is making them think there's a chance or even lead it. Because even with the kettlebacks, like, right. we're in a different place, like, keeping them close by. Uh, it's something later, Littlefinger, or I forget who it is, but they will they will almost question, uh, it's Osmond Kettleblack, even when he gets his white cloak. Um, when Jamie talks about him getting his white cloak, he's thinking like, that almost like tears his loyalty, or maybe it's Tyrion, tears his loyalty away from Cersei more and more towards the white cloak. He's kind of gone beyond what Cersei can offer. It depends on what a person is into, but you're right. There is a connection made here uh, to the Kettleblacks and to the people in this room. The only one I don't think we can, you know, Ilan Payne is not there <laughs> like that. He's just there to kill everybody in case somebody gets in that room. So I'm just saying you um, never know. He would never say anything. Oh and my he does god! Train oh my! Leader. Oh my god! I'm just saying. Cheesy cow. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't. What? Are you? I, are you just, you, I'm just saying. Secret you don't safe know. With him. Yeah. 
Definitely oh, safe to him. So yeah, so um okay, so it continues to go on a little bit. Um let let's see here. So uh Osney Kettleblack is sort of telling her a little bit stuff. Um she's talking about um Osney was all smiles as he knelt beside the queen. The hulks have gone up, your, uh, your grace. The whole Blackwater's washed wildfire, a hundred ships burning, and maybe more. She asks about her son again. He talks and says that he spoke to the archers. He gave them a few tips on handling a crossbow. He's a brave boy. He'd best remain a live boy. Cersei turned to his brother, Osfred, who was taller, sterner, and wore a drooping black mustache. Uh, Osfred had donned a steeled half hem over his long back hair, but the look on his face was grim. Um, he says the boys caught a, uh, caught a groom and two maidservants trying to sneak out uh, a postern with three of the king's horses. The knights first traitors, the queen says, but not the last, I fear. Sir Illyn, uh, have Sir Illyn see to them and put their heads on pikes outside the stables as a warning. Now, does that at all seem like a good idea right now? <laughs> no. I, right? No. I mean, I mean, what a terrible, I mean, what a terrible idea. Your city's being besieged, and you're supposed to be showing people that, hey, you're supposed to be showing, I mean, again, this will come back to bite Cersei. Uh, I mean, just situations like this where it's like, hey, our city's being besieged, um, and you're going to go after these small folk who are just, hey, trying to do it for themselves by putting their heads on spikes. And it's like, right. you should be putting the enemies. If you put Stannis' head on a spike, uh, right. we wouldn't be in this situation. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and you know, Tyrion is so, it's funny because he does the opposite, right? He takes the small folk or he takes the individuals and he says, hey, this is your city. Fight for it. Encourages them, pulls them out into battle. And here you have these threats. It's just a different tactic, a different way. And you kind of, yeah, you get to the, the core of Cersei will do anything to protect herself, save herself, save um, her, her children, ultimately. Uh, yeah, even if it means pissing off an entire city, she'll do it. She, she, you know, that's, that's okay. Like Tyrion thinks more and is more concerned about what the city thinks of him. He wants people to understand what he's doing. He doesn't want to be a monster. He doesn't want all these things. Cersei is given, she's a right. beautiful queen. She's all these different things. And slowly over the course of all of this, the, the people, especially when she goes to do her, her walk and stuff, it's like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, the small folk are. Now it's Marjorie. our turn to get back at you. Yeah. Marjorie wins them over more than, than Cersei does. And, they don't right. forget the the fact that even though she's their queen and stuff, she doesn't do things necessary to help them. And she's related to Tyrion, uh, the monster who's like destroying their city and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's not not no yeah not yeah. maybe smart. So yeah, yeah. It's just it's such good writing by George to have that that conflict of styles uh, between but between Tyrion and, and Cersei. Um. So yeah. So uh, as you sort of uh, she says. Uh, and then you, you see, right, you see Sansa think here. She's like, if I'm ever queen, I'll make them love me as opposed to, um, you know, I will remember your grace, said Sansa, though she had always thought the heard that love was a surer route to the people's loyalty than fear. Um, and so it just kind of continues back there. Um, Osford Kettleblack returns, crimson cloak swirling. Every time as, you know, these Kettleblacks show up, it's always, there's always some sort, it's always something always, always going on with them, right? There's always flair and smiling well, or or their big mustaches and and yeah and crimson yeah. cloaks or beautiful hair or whatever right well I, I, actually i remember like the first time i read through the series i there are there are 
there were different times where I was basically like, I don't know um, the ke- like the kettlebacks to me, just a mystery. Like they just kind of, I don't know, like they, they don't seem, they just didn't seem, um, they didn't stand out. Like it's, it's written well enough that they're there. There's a lot of characters flying in around her. She's with Lancel. She's got um, like Ilan Payne's mentioned a lot. The cast will grow. Uh, the kettleblacks are there. And Cersei's already dealing with a pretty full court. And then as you get into the other books, it just kind of kind of keeps growing. And there's Marjorie and her ladies and uh, Stokeworth and, you know, uh, Roswell. They're all in there. And it's very interesting to keep track of everybody and their loyalties and, and who she wants to use. So, yeah, the Kettleblack's always right there and important to, to pay attention to. Their fate's still undecided. Uh, still not sure where they're all going to. looks yep. dire for them, but I think one or two of them makes it out so yeah um, okay so pretty much after that is when they start uh they start to start praying right and and she's thinking about florian and dantos and they think about like the, the dragon knight and um some of this stuff and i pr- she says i pray for joffley right why because he treats you so sweetly the queen took a flagon of sweet plum wine uh you know and keeps telling her to drink right so right. then, it, then we get to where the, it's sort of ending here, and this is where she begins to begins to see why Sir Illyn is here. Right? He carried ice on, or you know, he carried ice unsheathed. His father was all, had always cleaned the blade, and the gods would after he took a man's head. Sansa recalled, but Sir Illyn was not so fastidious. There was blood drying on the rippling steel, the red already fading to brown. Tell Lady Sansa why I keep you by us," said Cersei. Sir Illyn opened his mouth and emitted a choking rattle. His pox-scarred face had no expression. He's here for us, he says, the queen uh, The queen said. Stannis may take the city and he may take the throne, but I will not suffer him to judge me. I do not mean for him to have us alive. Us, you know, Sansa says, you heard me. So perhaps you best pray again, Sansa, for, and for a different outcome. The Starks will have no joy from the fall of House Lannister, I promise you. She reached out and t- touched Sansa's hair, Brushing it uh, lightly away from her neck. Yeah, and that's the, and that's it. It's kind of a shorter chapter. Right, right. Yeah, short chapter. Uh, interesting, and we'll get more. If I'll wrap up this kind of conflict um, in the next couple of weeks, and we'll we'll figure out uh, you know just significance of this. What happens to Tyrion, Sansa? I mean, this is a uh, Stannis. Good God, Stannis. I mean, Jesus. So many times you think he should, right? Should have won this, and it's just. There's a lot of things happening, too. It's funny when you read this and you think about right now in this chapter with Sansa, think about where is Tywin? Uh, think about where are the Tyrells on their way? Are they, you know what I mean? Like, like what's the whole right. the whole deal with that? We just, we, we get Tyrion's perspective later where it's just like you wake up and here's what happened in the battle. Um, but kind of cool to think about that, you know, those folks on their way, Littlefinger, right. what he's and doing. And also to think, and also to think about like, like uh, Rob, might have been able to take pretty much then an unguarded casterly rock. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they had sort of known that, Hey, Tywin's pressing the Tywin has to go back to King's landing. Yeah. Could have, could have, could have literally shot back the way right. he came. I mean, actually, you know, there's the whole miscommunication between, um, you know, him, uh, and some of his bannermen and just back at river run and the, you know, the attacking that was going on there, but then also him taking a wife and pissing the phrase off, man, th- there was, it's a huge missed opportunity at that point in time to, to go back and really wound or hurt, uh, the Lannisters. Right. So, or, or even to think about the idea of like, if he found out, if he, fi- if he had found out, right, like right here at this point, 
that, hey, Tywin's going there, he goes to King's Landing, then it's a much more sort of even battle. I mean, I think even in that moment, Stannis might, you know, at, at this moment where Stannis is this close and knows, hey, I can't pull this off. Like if you could have, you know, had a raven or gotten word or, you know, something as all of this has happened. If Rob is coming down south himself, like yeah. to ride, to go meet Rob and say, I'll, you can have the north. We can yeah. figure that out later. Just help me take King's Landing. Boom. It's crazy. They probably could have done it. The north, if the north, the north swings down too. Yeah. I mean, I'll I, I give you a Han Solo quote here. So, uh, you know, he, he, well, he's, he would say in this situation, um, hokey religions, right? Stannis, <laughs> following this hokey religions. It's, hey, it, there's nothing like a good blaster or a good king in the north by your side. You know, come on, Stannis. Mm -hmm. it's crazy, bro. All right. Mm -hmm. um, All right. Well, guys, sorry. That, that's that's a short chapter uh, the, this week. But as let's move over. Do we have a we have a raven today? Yeah, we do. And I made a I made a Star Wars reference there for a reason, because this to me is interesting. I don't know if I read this somewhere and I forgot it or if I've ever heard this. But it was a YouTube comment on a video where we were talking about R plus L equals J. We were talking about John and his parentage and, and, and things like this. And I bet once I say this to you, you're, you're going to remember it. And a lot of folks will remember it. But I had just forgotten it. And it's something that's interesting to think about. So, all right. Alfie Allen, right? Uh, Theon. He, mm -hmm. let, yeah, me yeah. Let, me, let me just Does not need it. Manscaped. He does not need Manscaped. <laughs> Ah, uh, does he? I don't anyway, Yeah, anyways. Um, interesting, though. So this is, so Ashley uh, sent us this on YouTube, and we were talking about a, oh, actually it was a Val Mance discussion. So she said that she thoroughly enjoyed the Val Mance discussion. Uh, as much as I like the idea that Mance is Arthur Dane, I don't think it's true. In the Storm of Swords, when Jamie has the Weirwood dream and sees his deceased Kingsguard brothers, Arthur Dane is amongst them. Uh, so he couldn't be Mance. And that's where you get into the whole theory of like this feast of the dead or even just people that are seen in visions and they, they when the dead come to life in these visions or these dreams with Jamie or John or, you know, whoever, Danny, like people are kind of saying, well, that makes them dead. Right. When we've seen them like that or we've seen them at the feast of the dead, so if it's one of the Starks, that means they're dead. So. This is uh, one of those indications that maybe Arthur Dane is dead because of what Jamie sees down in, in the Weirwood um, dream in, in the cave. Uh, the other thing I'd like to note here, and where it gets a bit more confusing, is that Alfie Allen said George told him who Jon Snow's parents are, and that it involved, quote, a bit of a Luke Skywalker situation. Uh, that means one of two things. Either Jon Snow will have an explosive fight with a man who he doesn't know is his father, or he'll fall in love with a woman he doesn't know is his twin sister. Though I'm open to the possibility that, uh, that George could adapt this or adapt that for his story and make it a half-sister. Um, now, Jon did have that, uh, that sword fight with a glamoured Mance, but Rhaegar also appeared in Jamie's dream, so the fight can't be the Luke Skywalker connection. Uh, even if you think Ned is John's father, he's also unquestionably deceased, so the fight connection uh, still fails. 
which leaves us with a John unknowingly falling in love with his sister. As I said before, I don't think it's nece uh, nece necessarily has to be a twin, but it could be. Uh, Val would be an interesting option, but since I don't think Mance is Arthur Dane or Rhaegar, I don't think it's Val. The other options are Mira Reed and Daenerys. Uh, and one of them, I lean, and uh, of the two of them, I lean towards Danny, though neither is perfect, uh, is a perfect fit as an argument, and it can, uh, yeah, is a perfect fit for the argument. Uh, just my two cents, but I'm probably wrong. Laugh out loud. I just thought it was interesting. I hadn't thought about that idea that he had told it was actually even uh, i think in that interview it's a vulture uh article where they came out we're talking about alfie allen saying that george he wanted to know more about that and he's even talking to alfie's sister and and things and it's this whole conversation that broke out about a luke skywalker situation so who are john's parents you know is there some it's crazy, right? I mean, it's kind of a. I'm I'm in my mind thinking, who's Uncle Owen? Uh, who's Aunt Beru? You know, who's right. the twin sister? Who's Aunt the evil father. The battle. I, just, you know, why say that, Sir Matt? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's 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 interesting, man. Right? Because twin <sighs> twin sister. Let me think. Let me. If he does have a twin sister, it's got to be Mira Reed. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, and and that the connection there, and, and because, I mean, it um, just it be, just be the Mira the Mira John thing is just so because they're like the same age. They're described like the the casting of the show. I mean, literally, I think you don't know, need to go and just look at them like they look. They definitely look like they could be rather sister. The idea that she would have two kids, maybe that's what caused her to even die more in childbirth because having twins is obviously. A, harder right um and then you split them up and hal and reed to save the day i mean what, what's the gonna do bring two kids back maybe that's what they meant right i mean right <laughs> yeah yeah who knows i mean i just think it that is um i, I like the idea of it being mira as well over 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 danny just because of the hal and reed connection and it seemed pretty pretty well documented that danny uh with with her with Viserys and and the connection with her mother and all that kind of that story I know there's some the, there's some question about Lemongate and the Red Door and where she was born and an alliance with Dorne all those things but I mean Mira Reed is also a big time character who is Helen Reed's daughter and is traveling is is of age with with John and is traveling with Bran and all all these different things although it's weird right because it seems like Bran is almost like more in love with um with Mira and there's the whole Hodor he's in Hodor Hodor thinking about Mira all those things uh so yeah I just don't I I, I don't know um it does make you I it gives more I guess validation to these ideas that uh his father could still be alive and he's someone who is a dark individual like a Darth Vader that he would be fighting and would have to overcome turn him back to the light or whatever or the twin sister situation which is cool a lot that seems more likely so i'm with um i'm with lady ashley on that i think it's probably more more likely um a twin sister twin sister situation but i i'd forgotten about it i i i think i read it somewhere it's something that's been around for a, for a while and it's why a lot of those theories kind of right. grew out about mira reed and and danny's um parentage and things like that preston jacobs do, does a whole video series on it uh about mm -hmm. r plus l equals d uh you know so 
Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. And then, yeah, then you can go down the, then you can go down the John. I mean, then, then you can break it off into other things too. Like John plus Mira is Ned and Ashara could still work that way too. Right. I mean, there's, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what if you get to, I mean, if you get, I mean, you can still go down there and then Danny can still be the baby at the tower of joy. And then, I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff you could, you could still, do right. we see a baby swap with, you know, so it's not even something that's out of the realm of possibilities. We Cause we see it here with, with, uh, Craster's son and, right. Right. Um, Rhaegar, or, uh, Mansa's son. Mansa's so. son. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. Now there's a baby we haven't talked. There's a baby we don't really talk about. Like if that, what if, you know, is that if Mance is Rhaegar, then that's another Targaryen baby out there. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. It's kind of crazy to think about. You know, monster, little monster up there. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's wild. So, you just never know. Never know. Awesome. All right, guys. Hey, with that, that will be it. Us. That will. That will be it for us this week i know it is a little bit shorter this week but short chapter sometimes it you know sometimes it happens as so guys with that we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we will be discussing chapter 61 Tyrion 14 of a clash of kings if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com we will see you next time and remember that winter is coming 